Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for listening in to this episode of the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Erica Carbajal, and for today's episode, we're joined by Mary Grace Powers. She's the Managing Director for Blue Sky Synergy. Mary Grace, thanks so much for being on today. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, before we get started, can you just share a bit about yourself and your role at Blue Sky Synergy? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So I have had the uh, marvelous opportunity of spending the last 15 years of my professional career supporting healthcare providers to improve healthcare delivery. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about ensuring that patients and their loved ones received the highest quality, safest, and most optimal care. Uh, I've spent my time in a, a number of different roles, a number and serving a number of different aspects or facets of healthcare uh, as we know it today, um, including supporting hospitals with operational models, optimizing their operational models, introducing efficiencies, improving patient experience, uh, enhancing the experience for workforce spending time working uh, with pharmaceuticals as well. So most recently, I had the opportunity to join Blue Sky Synergy, and my role here is focused on really ensuring that we are able to strategically meet the needs that hospitals and healthcare providers are facing today uh, as it relates to contract labor and what is gone from being called the contract labor labor crisis to most recently uh, a national emergency um, in terms of uh, staffing shortages. So very excited to be a part of the organization and to help at the end of the day, patients receive the care that they, they need. Thanks so much, Mary Grace. It's always helpful to hear background and, and help listeners kind of appreciate your perspective a bit more and certainly timely, relevant topic in terms of contract labor. So We'll start there. Obviously, we know utilization and cost of contract labor increased a lot during the during the pandemic. Can you talk about some of the root causes or needs that hospital health systems have that led to that trend? Sure. So I think a couple of things are important to, to level set here in terms of costs. So as early as 2016, there was data available. Labor costs were trending upwards. And it became a, uh, I would call it a yellow flag, I suppose, for hospitals. Uh, it was something to keep an eye on, understanding that, that costs were going up, but not something to be too concerned about quite yet. Uh, with the pandemic, that yellow flag turned into an on-fire red flag, to say the very least. Uh, costs skyrocketed because demand was skyrocketing. And that dovetails into utilization. We know how many of us were watching different news segments where we saw nurse after nurse after nurse, their stories being presented, sharing with us just the burnout they were facing. Hospitals were busting at the seams to save lives and to do it in a way that completely flipped upside down what they knew to be normal uh, and to force them truly to innovatively think on their feet to ensure that first and foremost, all patients were receiving the right care. And that meant they needed as many as many nurses at the bedside as possible. So those two things are, you know, I think critically important to consider as we talk about what the root causes are. So, you know, the travel, travel nurses or contract labor, they, they've always been there. They've always been there supporting 
hospitals, supporting healthcare providers, jumping in when needed. But like you mentioned, the utilization rates just skyrocketed. So we saw a departure of nurses, a big, uh, the first wave, if you will, of nurses uh, thinking about how to really ensure that they, how could they rethink their career and their approach? You know, the, 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 the challenges they were facing emotionally, psychologically were exacerbated to an extent where it, it frankly wasn't possible for them to compartmentalize in the way that they may have previously to, to really manage clinician burnout. Uh, so they left uh, and that left huge openings for hospitals to, to bring in travel nurses or contract labor to support providing that that care that uh, was, you know, critically needed at the time. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Grace, I think you raise a great point, you know, just about travel nurses having always been there, but really the pandemic creating a situation where um, hospitals have, were using them at a, at a rate they never have before. And I know seen more reports lately of um, utilization have, has come down since from some of those highs, but overall still at pretty high levels. And can you talk about too, just briefly on how the increased costs for contract labor have, have affected overall financial health? Yeah, absolutely. So the overall financial health of organizations was momentarily put aside to ensure that you know all funding, all hands on deck was there to support uh, clinical bedside staffing nurses. Uh, they were vital. Uh, they were the heroes of the pandemic. They still are. And that was absolutely necessary at the height of the pandemic. And as we, you know, evolve into the the next phase of this pandemic, that, that model simply isn't sustainable anymore. Uh, funding contract labor solely and foregoing the absolutely necessary costs of upkeep for the facility or uh, ensuring the right diagnostic tools are in place or thinking through how to uh, level set full-time um, employees' compensation packages so they don't feel like, uh, you know, travel nurses are getting paid so much more because that's all we're seeing in the news, right? It's everywhere. Travel nurses have this opportunity to, to leave, to gain flexibility, and to make, um, you know, to be compensated uh, more highly than uh, what we knew to be the traditional traditional staffing model of any organization outside of healthcare. So the increased costs have presented a number of challenges for for hospitals in the way that they operate. And now the the challenge has become, and I know this phrase is so overused, but it, 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 we have to. You know, how do we operate in this new normal? with all of these converging challenges uh, as it relates to ensuring nurses feel and are fairly compensated. They have the flexibility they're seeing their peers have, and they're able to really uh, focus on what's most important, providing the best patient care possible. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that news angle too, just of how many stories we've seen about the cost and, and, you know, full-time staff nurses, you know, taking issue with, with some of that pay and kind of all of that domino effect of, of hospitals and health systems, then, you know, spending more to increase the pay of, of their full-time nurses too. Um, 
Now we know staffing gaps and negative operating margins remain huge challenges for healthcare organizations. So what role does technology play in helping hospitals and systems manage some of these staffing gaps and costs? So technology is really a vehicle, right? So leveraging technology to rethink or to gain efficiencies on how to manage anything uh, is a cost-saving measure oftentimes. But the most important thing to consider in healthcare specifically is the the absolutely crucial need for for human, uh, blending uh, human skill sets into that process. So in terms of how technology can play a role, there are several different angles uh, that we can think about. But first and foremost, thinking about how to access nurses who have decided, you know what, I don't want to be a full-time nurse anymore, but I am interested in continuing to be a nurse, just in a little bit of a different way. That news coverage that I mentioned, the industry, the travel nurse industry, that is the best free PR campaign that any industry has ever received inadvertently by the media. Any channel, flip it on. They were talking about nurses and the you know skyrocketing pay that travel nurses could receive if they were to you know take that model. That's left us in a scenario. When I say us, I mean you know the healthcare world with a very, very informed workforce who wants what everybody wants, flexibility, uh, really, you know, high functioning and work environments, both, you know, facility wise and from a a team culture and management perspective. And being able to find and source directly local nurses who who certainly come at a lower cost than the traditional travel nurse is critically important and technology enables that direct connection. In addition, the the other component to to think about here is addressing how human resource departments at health or at hospitals, healthcare providers have traditionally managed staffing uh, nurses. Oftentimes that's outsourced and that's okay. They have a budget to do it. They outsource to someone else to find the individuals right for the position. And then they make the ultimate decision and bring them in. That being said, when you have an outsourced model of that nature, there are inherent costs that come with that. Those organizations absolutely need to make a profit and cover their overhead costs. However, if hospitals were able to leverage the same technology that uh, staffing agencies um, have been using for years and years and years and years, they would be able to drastically reduce the cost of outsourcing if they you know, were to think about bringing it in-house. Yeah, you made an interesting point, too, about the importance of being able to source local nurses directly. Um, to build off what you just mentioned, a bit more to draw the benefits and outcomes that organizations can realize by using technology when it comes to hiring contract labor workers. Can you share any success stories or real life examples there? Sure, absolutely. So uh, recently I was working with a hospital on the West Coast and we were focused on 
thinking about how we could help. They had a travel nurse position available. They had the rate at which they wanted to pay them. And then they also had a travel stipend included. So that covers room and board, housing, you know, all those good things. What we were able to do with our technology was show them, take that same amount of budget. You can actually decrease it. We, we say on average by 25%. In this particular scenario, they were able to decrease their overall cost by 27% while still increasing the actual take-home pay to the nurse by 21%. So it was a win-win for both. It was a win, it was a win for the nurse. It was a win for the organization. And it kept the nurse local. So the nurse was still a contractor. The nurse was still part of the contract labor workforce but they had flexibility. They were able to fill shifts as they arose and they were incentivized to do so, to stop traveling, to stay home and still take home more pay. Uh, I think that that, that model or, or, or thinking about leveraging local nurses and with that mindset is incredibly important to not only reducing overall costs for hospitals, which is so important because it leads to all kinds of things. You know, as soon as a hospital can right side themselves financially, there are these waterfall outcomes. They see reduced turnover rates, uh, increase in workforce engagement and culture, an uptick in the safety uh, when caring for patients, the quality of care provided, uh, and ultimately, uh, ensuring that patients want to come back to them. Wow. Yeah. It's great to hear those statistics in terms of that 25% decrease in costs to the hospital and that 27% increase for the nurse. And that local part, I think is so huge too, in terms of, you know, I'm sure that knowing the local market and um, unique challenges helps them out, the travel nurses out a bit better um, in, in terms of acclimating to the culture of the health system as well, as you mentioned, seeing that those up tips in in safety and quality. So that's great to hear. But there's something to be said too about, and I've experienced this myself. So, you know, spending my time supporting hospitals and healthcare providers and, you know, providing the best quality care that they can. I, you know, I've never been on the hospital side, but I have devoted my career to improving healthcare. And a lot of days it feels like a vocation. I know it sounds cheesy, but I get really excited about the work I'm doing. I get really excited to help organizations figure out new ideas, new strategies, new ways to address the current challenges they're facing because healthcare is ever evolving, just like everything else. And being able to rethink, you know, don't write off contract labor altogether, but think about the local pool and that local pool not only comes at a lower cost, you can incent them again, like I said, to have a higher take-home pay, but also there is something inherent that is very difficult to quantify about, and you touched on this, but a nurse working in and serving their own community, it's, it's, it's an entirely different, it's a mind shift, you know, your your friends, your family, your acquaintances, they all go there. They receive care at this organization. It, it means more to you. And being on the the you know the consulting side of the world, I didn't really conceptualize that until I started working with a large system right in my backyard, 
I, oh my, did it change my, just my thinking, you know, uh, I would run into people I knew in the lobby and it, you know, I had a passion already, but it really it lit it on fire. And I think it will do the same for, for nurses who are really interested in the traveler benefits, but they don't want to travel. Absolutely. I'm sure there's, you know, likely some sort of natural boost of engagement there, um, you know, when it comes to that local component. And Mary Grace, in your experience, what challenges or hesitation have you seen from healthcare leaders in using technology to automate some of these tasks related to um, contract labor management? And, And as well as those challenges, how have you kind of encouraged them to work through through it or respond to it? Sure. So uh, there are, there's a number of challenges or hesitation. I think it's just natural. It's natural kind of knee-jerk human response to see change and think, Oof, you know, I'm not sure if I really want to do that. But working with healthcare leaders by first demonstrating to them, you know, the technology helps to solve your problem through automation by reducing your costs, first and foremost, absolutely. When you can show them those numbers, that is, it it really stops people in their tracks. And what we've seen is, you know, organizations that that partner with us directly leverage technology to manage their staffing in-house, they see somewhere around a 5% reduction in their overall contract labor costs. And what does that mean, right? What does that mean? That that seems, uh, okay, that seems fine. But when you think about, uh, as of just published um, in January of this year, uh, closing in in 2022, there was an organization that spent over 3.1 billion on contract labor uh, that year. So 5% is nothing to, uh, it's not not a small, it's not a small number. Uh, Bringing that, process in-house, that's the challenge for healthcare leaders. It is such a difficult concept. However, uh, when they have the tools and they can see the benefits, it certainly makes it a lot easier to encourage them to really embrace this new idea and to to keep riding the wave of, of you know, the pandemic has accelerated healthcare organizations into having to think about really creative ways rapidly to uh, solve the challenges that were at their door. And this is no different. It's just, you know, it's another opportunity to think through how they can jump on board and rethink their, what they always used to do, if you will, (laughs) and leverage technology to make sure that the right people are in the right place at the right time to serve their community and their patients in the best way that they can. Definitely. It sounds like, you know, starting with those key benefits is is a big part there. Mary Grace, do you have any other final closing thoughts to leave listeners with? Oh, well, I mean, during this conversation, you've probably ascertained that I could talk about this for hours <laughs> and hours, but <laughs> I won't do that to you, nor will I do that to the listeners. Uh, in terms of closing thoughts, I would say, you know, I said it before, I'll mention it again. I think we have to. Uh, contract labor caregivers have been there to fill the gap for hospitals for decades. They were the saviors during the height of the pandemic, and they remain to be the only group that can instantaneously jump in to to help healthcare providers when they need it. 
They've been portrayed as saviors. Uh, they've been portrayed in a number of different ways, but they're not going away. And, and while you mentioned uh, the utilization rates have, have dipped recently, the projections for the future are they're only increasing. And contract labor is going to be there, you know, to really save the day again for healthcare providers. It's just a matter of pairing technology with the right approach to ensure that there's a sustainable cost model in place for continued success as an organization. Sure. Some great labor trends to leave to leave listeners with. Mary Grace, thanks so much again for your time and discussion today. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'd also like to thank Blue Sky Medical Staffing as well for sponsoring the episode. And you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting the podcast page on our website at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcasts.